0: Welcome to the Unconditional Boundaries Podcast, Episode 6, How to Set Up Unconditional Boundaries. Welcome to the Unconditional Boundaries Podcast, where I show you how to use boundaries to add more love and freedom to your life. Hello, everyone. I'm Andy, and I'm going to talk today about how to set up Unconditional Boundaries, there has been many things published on how to set up boundaries, there's been many talk about boundaries, much talk about boundaries in different platforms on videos and in books and in articles, they've been discussed a lot, and a lot of different people have a different uh, have many different ways that we can set them up. What I like the most is boundaries that are communicated to the people that are they're relevant for There are certain situations where the boundaries would be implicit as in it's it's an implicit boundary that we're not going to harm another person intentionally or that we're going to avoid harming them accidentally as much as we can as best as we can we don't want to give we don't want to remove a person's freedom of choice and basic human rights Um, those are not boundaries those are basic considerations Boundaries are the things that we people might not just assume. And I say that in a broad context because there are a lot of things that people think are standard for everyone and actually aren't. One of the biggest issues I run into with my clients, with my coaching clients, is that they believe that everybody thinks this way. And quite honestly, a lot of people don't which is why they're running into conflicts because the person that they're trying to interact with doesn't think that way. And they think they should, they believe they should. My client believes they should, or somebody believes my client should act that way and they just don't. That's where boundaries are appropriate. If it's, if it's conceivable that somebody might not reasonably believe the same thing you believe, that's when you want a boundary or a barrier. these universal truths these these things that we believe everybody thinks or should think that is where the conflict often starts where that conflict often comes from and that's where boundaries are most useful is when we're setting up our our expectations around what we think people should or might or is right is the right way to think or act oftentimes just because we think it's the right way to think or act doesn't mean everybody does. And if you can, if you can reasonably imagine, you know, some people not thinking that way, then that's what a boundary is required, or a barrier, you could set up a barrier to um, keep people away from you, to prevent people from connecting to you, who might not like your boundaries, or who you just don't want to like their boundaries or, or like them at all. Boundaries boundaries help us to connect to people as I've said before and barriers help us to, to keep people away. Do you decide, do you want this person in your life or you do not? Do you not want this person in your life? Um, and that's how you decide whether or not you want a boundary or a barrier. Either way, a general assumption that everybody should feel this way, think this way or act this way is the quickest way to find conflict. And how to avoid conflict is first barriers because they can just keep people away from you. That way you don't have any conflict. I mean, a hermit li- living off and is uh, in the woods all by himself in the mountains all by himself. Often the reason hermits live off in the woods all by themselves is because they are trying to avoid conflict. They just don't like people. Um, and they so they've put a fairly large barrier like hundreds of miles of space between them and other humans. If you want to connect with other humans specifically certain other human beings. Boundaries is how you do that. And how you set up boundaries is one, by determining the line in the sand. What is the thing you want them to be on the other side of? I'd like you to do the dishes. I want you to stay sexually loyal to me in our relationship. I want to go on a date every Friday night with you. I'd really like it if we could talk about things before we start yelling about things. I'd like you to drive when we go to our parents' place, your parents or my parents. Or maybe the boundary is, I wanna drive when we go to my parents and I want you to drive when we go to your parents. You know, these are just some examples. I want, to, I want to discipline the kids when it comes to schoolwork. And we can talk about disciplining this kids in, in, the kids in other ways. But I want to be the one who disciplines when it comes to schoolwork. Th- those are just some examples. And how you set them up is you decide what the thing is that you want to draw the line in. Where, where is the definition of what is it that you want or want not to have? The second thing you would do, and the second and third thing are interchangeable, the second thing that you might do would be to set up two or three actions that you'll take if somebody crosses your boundaries. And you want to preset those up when you set up the boundaries so that when you have an emotional reaction, if you have an emotional reaction, when somebody crosses your boundaries, you're not then in those emotions trying to decide what you should do as a consequence. You've pre-decided which takes the weight off of your emotional feelings, off of your, off of your emotional reactions from making the decision. Oftentimes our emotions are heightened because now we don't know what to do. We're in this emotion. I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm, I'm hurt, I'm upset, I'm whatever. Whatever the feeling is, I'm this way, I'm feeling this way, and now I have to make a decision as to what to do next. My experience is if we have that decision pre-made even if it's not one option, but two or three, because we, we want two to three options because circumstances do change. You know, I'm I when when I ask my husband or my wife or my children or my roommate to do the dishes, when I say I'd like you to do the dishes every night, and they don't, depending on what happens and why, we might we might choose different different reactions, right? Sometimes I might want to say, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed without you because they're your spouse, in which case that's a boundary you want to, you want to, that's an option for how you might, might, might want to act, but you might want to not choose that same option with your roommate. I'm going to go to bed without your roommate. The roommate's not going to care. At least most roommate situations that I know about wouldn't care. So it's, it's important to that you choose two to three actions so that you have choices to make, but they're predecided choices as to what happens when somebody crosses your boundary. Uh, an example would be when my um, girlfriend starts yelling at me for whatever reason, whether it's something I did or something I didn't do, I don't it's not relevant whether or not she has a good reason to yell at me. If she starts yelling at me, I might leave. I might go for a walk. That's one option. Another option, I might I might go for a drive, jump in the vehicle and go for a drive. Another option is I might say to her, please don't yell at me. And depending on the situation, you might choose a different option. If she's been yelling at you for days, you might choose to go for a drive and get away from her for a few hours, even a few days. If it's been a fairly consistent fight, but you think you can resolve it, then maybe just go for a walk, let both of you cool down. And if it's still early on, and it's just an argument that has only just came up, you might say, please don't yell at me. So different circumstances might require or might offer different solutions. So it's, it's important to have two to three options of what you can choose. However, those two to three options in the, in the example of when my, wife, when my girlfriend yells at me, I, one of the options is not yell back at her. One of the options is not smack her. One of the options is not go have a drink. One of the options is not go kill myself. One of the options is not go scream at my friends or my kids. You know, if if you know that if you only have two or three options, the decision that you can make is much much easier. And if you pre decide those decisions when you're not in an emotional state, you can trust that the decisions you've made in that emotional state are not wrapped up in your emotions. In other words, when she's yelling at you and you're feeling hurt or angry or whatever the case may be, you can trust the choice you make because you t- chose those decisions when you were of sound mind, when you were not emotionally wrapped up. And therefore you can trust them that whatever, as long as you choose one of those pre-decided choices, you can trust that those will work, that you'll get the results you're looking for and that you can find uh, resolution to your own feelings. And that gives you the freedom to then feel those feelings. You can say, okay, this is the choice I'm going to make. I'm just going to ask her to stop yelling at me. And then I'm going to feel the feelings. Um, It might take her a few moments. She might walk away. She might have her own reactions to whatever those feelings are. Uh, You might go for a drive, In which case it might take you a little while to work through your feelings. So you do that. You know, the idea is to give you the freedom to work through whatever emotional reaction you're having so that you can... Um, understand your emotions, understand the thoughts behind those emotions and really get to know yourself better. And those boundaries can help you connect to that girlfriend who's yelling at you. I've seen it happen in relationships where uh, the guy sets down a boundary like that. And after a few months of holding to his boundary, she stops yelling at him altogether and they have proper arguments where they resolve things. It's still conflict but anybody who expects a relationship without conflict is, is expecting a, a boring relationship. The second step is to set up actions on one side or the other of the boundary. What do you want to happen? And then what are you going to do if that person or somebody crosses that boundary? The third step, and like I said, the second step and the third step are interchangeable. The third step is much like the second step in that you choose what happens when they honor your boundary, when they do what you want. Your roommate does the dishes. That your spouse does the dishes. Your girlfriend uh, has an argument with you but doesn't raise her voice, doesn't yell at you. What happens in those cases? It's important, just as important to have two to three things that you're going two to three actions you will take when your boundary is honored to acknowledge to the other person that this is what you wanted, and if it's not what you wanted, then that's your fault. That's your problem. That's your issue to deal with, because if they if they honored your boundary, and it wasn't what you wanted, then you didn't set up the boundary the way you intended to. You didn't. Your boundary didn't give you the results. It wasn't the other person having the fault anymore. It's your boundary. And that's something you can you can evolve, you can change. So it's important to have something on the positive side of the boundary because this is how we encourage people to give us what we want. In the In the example of my girlfriend yelling at me, when she decides not to yell at me, we're having a conflict and she says, I want to yell at you right now. I'm not going to because you've asked me not to. Let's resolve this with like adults with proper voices. Um, I'm still going to be hurt. I'm still going to, I'm going to still going to express my feelings, just not with a loud voice, in which case it's upon you at that point to acknowledge that she gave you what you wanted and give her something she might want in return. So this might be as simple as thank you for honoring my boundary. I feel heard, understood loved, welcome, whatever the case may be, whatever your feeling you have. I am still angry, I am still hurt by the argument, but I do feel closer to you because you honored my boundary. Instead of going for a walk when they when they yell at you, you might reach over and give her a kiss or even just a hug, just a touch and say thank you. The first level would be just to say thank you, like the first level of crossing the boundary would be please don't yell at me. The first level of, of, of honoring your boundary would be to say thank you. The, first level, the second level of honoring your boundary might be to do some sort of a, a physical action that acknowledges the closeness that honoring your boundaries brings. Uh, whether that's a physical touch or a kiss if it's a spouse or a, uh, an action like a favor or a, or a gift, um, the love languages come in handy here. If you know what your what your partner, the person whose love language who you're interacting with on the other side, if you know what their love language is, give them something in their love languages in one of their primary or secondary love languages. And the 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 third option might be a more extreme version of the same thing. In the case of a spouse, it might be a nice warm kiss and a hug to go with it. It might be uh, a, a touch, a like a like a closeness. In the case of a, a more distant relationship, like a roommate or a friendship, it might still be a touch, just not as intimate. Uh, it might be a gift. It might be an offer to resolve the conflict. It might even be a, an attempt to compromise. Often when our bond boundaries are honored, that's when the conflict tends to get resolved much more quickly. And when our boundaries are honored in these kinds of ways, it's it behooves us to try and give a little ground in the conflict to compromise to their side a little bit as well, not give in completely. That isn't the point of boundaries to give in completely but to give a little ground toward their, their direction rather than demanding it be your way, you can compromise and have kind of a mixture of the way of the of the solutions, whatever that, that happens to look like in your particular uh, conflict. So the the third way is the third step is to have actions on the positive side when you get what you want out of your boundaries. And the fourth and final step is to communicate those things. At least communicate the boundary. What I'd like is for you not to yell at me when we're fighting. And if you communicate that only during the fights, you're not going to get your message across. Just as when you set the boundary within yourself and decide that what goes on both sides of the boundary, it's more appropriate, it's, it's more effective to do those things when you're not up, all up in your emotions, when you're not under the control of your emotions. It's also best to communicate those boundaries to, your, to the people on the other side of them when they're also not all up in their emotions. Now, in some cases, that might not be available just the very side of you might set them into their emotions or just the very side of them might set you into your emotions. So it's not always available. I'm not saying you can't do it when you're in emotions. I'm just saying it's less effective when you do it when one or both of you is under the control of your emotions. It's far more effective to communicate your boundaries when you're of sound mind, of uh, uh, when, you're, when you're in control of your capacities. Um, and, and our emotions for good reason take control of those capacities. Uh, That's actually part of the purpose of emotions. So that's how you set up boundaries. Effective boundaries happen when you draw the line, when you set the actions on both sides of the line, and when you communicate at least the boundary and when appropriate, the intended actions. I hope that was helpful. If you have any questions, Please, please feel free to contact me and, uh, and hope I can help. Thank you for listening to the Unconditional Boundaries podcast. If you'd like my support in creating boundaries in your life, you can find me on Facebook at www.facebook.com unconditionalcoach unconditional coach, or you can contact me at unconditionalcoach@outlook.com.